The following is a presentation of United Filmways Media, the future of talk. Your attention please. This is an important announcement. Please do not be alarmed, remain calm. Don't you see, Tip? Here in this laboratory is the necessary material for a monster. Over there in that glass tank is something that's alive only because millions of people believe it's alive. The pod pretenders are on the air. We're here today doing part two of the um, theories about deja vu. We're having a deja vu doing this. Is that right or is that wrong? Is it Memorex or is it live? Should I go or should I stay? What do you have to say, Tommy Boy? Uh, for starters, I, I want to keep hammering this because this is important so we don't get in trouble for this. Mm-hmm. This list that we're going by was written by Jaden Collin, Michael Nolan, and it was found on listverse.com. This is, mm. if, if you know me personally, you know that I'm not smart enough to come up with any theories like this. I do, I do have my own personal theory, and uh, I, I know you said you're going to give yours, but I'm pretty sure my theory is probably something that we're going to go over soon. Good, good. All right, so when we come back, we're going to get into the, I'm going to spell it, and then we'll pronounce it when we come back. It is the A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A. We'll be right back. Here we go. So this word may not be difficult for you, but it was for me. I had to look it up and, you know, have Google say it. So how do you say the word A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A? I'm hoping it's the correct way, but amygdala? Exact. Exactly. As I've got it written out, amygdala. Amygdala. How's your amygdala today? We had discussed a, a, a previous episode that we were going to do, and uh, I, I have stuff written down, and we didn't move on it, and I think it's still sitting somewhere because I didn't want to send you the book until, like you said, I could phonetically write them out so we weren't up here going, I'm a Galdala. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just funny you said that. You told me how you would spell it out the proper way, to, like phonetically, how you would read it. Yeah. Amygdala. Uh, that just made me laugh. Amygdala. It's a, it's a part of the brain where the, and let me, I don't want to put you to sleep here, but that works in association with our thought process where the non-conscious 
uh, I'm trying to pull this out of my brain. Non-conscious meta, blah, 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 blah. It's where, it's actually where thought is converted to physical stuff, where the protein is planted. Mind over matter. Anyway. It's thought and fear, right? Thought and fear. It could, it could certainly deal with fear, but oh, the the I was trying to remember the name of uh, the non-conscious conscience non suit three t one non-conscious metacognitive. Golly, I can't say those words, can I? <laughs> It's hard. Why does it have to be that? Why can't it be the subconscious of the blue wavy pattern? Yeah. It's just it's just that part where our thoughts uh go from conscious thoughts into non-conscious thoughts and it is where the the protein starts to grow that produces a memory. And I don't know what all this says, but just reading this right here, it's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere because this is starting to go along with the brain, not the mind, but the brain that my little theory goes into. However, you're doing this, so let me shut the freak up and you talk. I pretty much have said everything that, that is in here. Really? Yeah, the yeah, the amygdala is a small region of our brain. <laughs> sorry, sorry for laughing. Say that again, amygdala. <laughs> that Boston accent. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's try that again. The amygdala. <laughs> no, dollar. <laughs> the amygdala is a small region of our brain uh, with one located in each cerebral hemisphere. The amygdala is involved with our experiences of emotion, most commonly anger and fear. Ah. So my must have a huge amygdala. <laughs> being Irish, being Irish, having a huge anything. Anger or fear. <laughs> uh, it's responsible for our fear response to things in our environment. So if you're afraid of spiders, your amygdala is what processes your response when you see one. Hmm. When we're put in dangerous situations, our amygdala it acts to temporarily disorient your brain. If you were standing underneath a fallen tree, your amygdala may have a panic response that causes your brain to malfunction. The amygdala can be used to explain deja vu if we consider the moment as a temporary brain malfunction. If we are placed in a situation that is almost the same situation we've been in before, but it has changed somehow. For example, the layout of a house may be identical to another you have been in, but the actual furniture could be different. Our amygdala could produce a panic response. This means we're put in a temporary state of confusion, and this could be our experience of deja vu. That is somewhat along the lines of my theory, a little bit. The one you're going to tell us at the end it, of yeah. this. And with the, with the amount of time that we're spending, I'm going to say is going to be probably a trilogy <laughs> of deja vu theories. Yeah, that that's the interesting thing about all this. It's just total theory. It's just opinion. Some of the dumbest things I've ever heard have started with the sense, you know, in my theory. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, let's face it, 
it's this is like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness monster, UFOs, and everything else. There's no facts to back them up. So it's just theories and opinions. And the one thing we can say that is fact is that almost everyone experiences deja vu. True story. So that's kind of neat in a way. We, we are all experiencing this and none of us really have a clue as to what causes it. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's weird. It could just be nothing. It could, it, it could just be like a chemical reaction in your body giving you like momentary high or, you know what I mean? It could be just as simple as that. And, it, and it's, it's none of these theories and it's not your theory. And that's just all it is, is a chemical imbalance. It just happens. Well, actually, something in your brain thinks. You're you you're really onto something, according to my theory, and you're it's uh, you're getting close to what's what Doctor Hill knows is happening. I'm I'm telling you, Doctor Hill should be four of this trilogy, and we can have <laughs> quite the build up to Steve's yes. theory. Yeah, except uh, Steve can't prove it, and then there you are. We I guess we just move on to the next theory, shall we? Let's do it. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Pod Pretender's Zone. Right on the heels of amygdala. <laughs> he laughs at my. I don't have an accent. You have an accent. Say wash. Wash. But I don't say wash ex unless I'm going to wash excuse me anyway that one came out of nowhere <clears throat> yeah it sounds like it's a mess put your mask on <laughs> that was just an unfortunate attack on sneezing and coughing <laughs> my eyes are watering wow it happened to me before i was in cvs back when they sold cigarettes and back when i smoked and I was standing in line waiting for my turn. I was the next in line. Excuse me. And I had a, a brief sneeze, then followed by a cough. And then I caught. Have you ever coughed and sneezed at the same time? <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but I was, I was figuring you were going to see it. <laughs> and then I farted. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I could just see some guy coughing, sneezing, and farting all at once. Uh, anyway, back to your... your <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever coughed and sneezed? It feels like your head's just going to explode. <coughs> uh, I, I don't recall ever doing that. But... I was like... <coughs> <laughs> and the pressure in your head is so massive. And like... Now I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm stepping up because now it's my turn. 
trying to step up, catch my breath. This tears coming down my eyes because something had to have given. So I think I popped something in my eyes. My eyes are watering. And I look up at the person like, I have a pack of bubble, please. Yeah. To this day, I judge her for selling me that pack of cigarettes. Here, here, buddy, here's your last pack. This one ought to kill you. Yeah, this ought to finish you up. Those are on us. Our condolences. Have a happy life. <laughs> the next category we have, or the category theory. The next theory we have is the divided attention, which I'm pretty sure Steve will tell you I have that because he's had to deal with me for a very long time. Yeah, it's a mental disorder. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, the divided attention theory suggests that deja vu occurs to a subliminal recognition of the object in our experience of deja vu. You know what I mean? I sure I will by the end of it. Yeah. This means our subconscious mind, the thoughts that we are unaware of, recalls the stimulus, but our conscious mind doesn't. And once again, this is uh, tracking a little bit along Dr. Hill's theory. Moving along, uh, this theory was tested in an experiment involving student participants who were shown a series of images of different locations and then asked to identify which locations they were familiar with. However, prior to the experiment, the students were flashed images of some of the locations they had never visited. And I'm assuming they meant they were kind of subliminally flashed. I don't know. It says the images didn't last long enough for their conscious mind to register. Okay, so I was assuming that, and I was hate to pat myself on the back, but I was correct again. You were correct in your assumption, sir. There we go. So students were much more likely to recognize the locations they had not visited that had been shown to their subconscious than the locations they hadn't visited that hadn't been shown to them subconsciously. Boy, that brother, that, that just lost me totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was reading along and hearing it. And I, uh... <laughs> what did you say? Anyway, it says that this demonstrates how our subconscious mind is able to hold an image, allowing us to show recognition of it. This means that deja vu could be our recognizing a message we have received subconsciously. Now, believers in this theory believe that the subconscious message can be communicated to us through the Internet, through TV, and other social media devices. Now, I got to tell you, <clears throat> uh, boy, this theory, to me, just sounds like a whole bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'm like this is this is crap. Like this is a, this this is some guys at MIT who were given a million dollars for a study on deja vu. Yeah, they they pissed it away on like thirty different frat parties. Had like five grand left. Called in like four people. Hey, look, we're gonna give you two hundred bucks. We're gonna hold up signs, and and six months from now, we're gonna flash it again, and we're gonna see if this triggers anything. 
I think you're spot on, just spot on. So I suppose that we don't really need to try to debug this. Other than, uh, like I said up in the very beginning of it, when it's talking about the subconscious mind, and again, key word is mind, not brain, subconscious mind. A little bit of my theory correlates a little bit to that, but the rest of it, no. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> no. <laughs> that brought back a subconscious memory. <laughs> <laughs> and now the cheesy junk of the day. What is deja poo? It's the feeling that you've heard all this crap before. That's why we are the pod pretenders, my friends. This episode of the pod pretenders has been a presentation of United Filmways Media. The future of talk. <laughs>